Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Online Warriors podcast. We're going on a date. Hopefully that doesn't make Nerd Bomber uncomfortable for me to say that, but it's just the two of us today is the point I was trying to make. Just the two of us. So I'm Illegal86. As you can hear from the the lovely vocals, I am joined by Nerd Bomber and Tactic is, is, he's away. He's not here. And this is, we were talking before starting, we're pretty sure this is the first episode he's ever missed. Even extending back to our previous podcast for Nerd Bomber, he was always on that and he kind of championed that. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting not having him around. Uh, How are, how are you handling it? Honestly, not doing too bad. So the reason why he's not here is he had a, a brief potential COVID encounter. So we have a split level house and he is downstairs and I'm upstairs taking care of basically everything up here, like dog cooking, all of that kind of stuff. So because we do the podcast in the same room and we only have one USB set up, he couldn't record with us today. But honestly, the weather has been super great. We've been outside. We've been hanging out. We've had fires every night. We have a projector and a big movie screen that we built and that's outside. So every night we can watch something on the projector and honestly it hasn't been too bad so what you're saying is the listeners need not worry about tactic he's doing just fine he it sounds like he's on a he's on vacation essentially yeah basically Uh, he's gotten a lot of reading done so i got him into some books which he's he's not a big reader if any of you guys have listened to the podcast it usually takes him like a year to get through a book and he already finished one and is halfway through a second so big win for me it's gonna be a banner year and and it's gonna be you know if, if you listeners need something to look forward to, if you're already dreading sitting through an hour of just the two of us talking, just imagine how crazy tactics, what are you up to Wednesday is going to be next week when he comes back and he's got two weeks worth of material. We're going to have to block out an entire segment of the show longer than we usually do just for him to talk about his experience. I mean, uh, this is so, the first time, so not, not to go on and on about this, but him and, and books, he usually reads like very plot driven books and doesn't have a lot of like afterthought about them. But he has had a lot of like insight in the two books that he's reading in the last week. So he will have lots to talk about, I'm sure. Guys, he's posting and I, and you brought this up, so I have to get into it a little more. I've, I was shocked when I first saw him do this. He posted a picture on Facebook because we're friends on Facebook of a page of the book and i was like i don't even remember what the premise of it was but it was like it was like read this and this is he had some like you said some kind of afterthought about it and i had to double check the name to make sure i had the right person because it just didn't seem very it didn't seem like a tactic thing to me but sounds like he's reading critically he's doing some summer reading no better time than the summer to get some reading done i finished the green mile myself not an upper and i haven't seen the movie before you ask no, I mean it's about a guy Stephen King. For those that don't know, it's about a guy who's on death row, uh, who didn't who didn't do it. That doesn't sound like a very uplifting story. <laughs> it is not. Uh, it was very good, but yeah, summer's a great time to read. I don't I don't mean to get into the what are you up to stuff too early, but I just thought I'd tack onto that. We have news to talk to you about today. It, it's not just going to be us rambling about tactic. Uh, we will we will miss him, but we'll soldier on. We're going to be talking about this new Fallout TV series that's been announced from Amazon. We're going to be talking about potential buy of WB Interactive, uh, which some of you may know from the Arkham games. And of course, we're going to be talking about the latest news we just got from, I think Empire was the one who broke this, of uh, kind of what's being discussed as passing the proverbial baton uh, in Black Widow from Scarlett Johansson to Florence Pugh. And we had to look up how to pronounce her name, and we're pretty sure we got it right. So... Uh, be impressed. But first, let's start at the, at the start with what might be the biggest news of the past week in the nerd world, the Fallout TV show. So 
obviously when we say fallout we're referring to bethesda's beloved rpg series which fun fact i have never played a single minute of fallout i don't know oh man you are missing out i've sunk so much of my life into fallout 4 so i will admit i had not played any fallout game either but Tactic had, and when Fallout 4 came out, he insisted that we pre-order it. And normally we don't pre-order a lot of games. We'll usually wait to see what review scores and opinions and stuff like that are before we'll buy a game. But there, there are a few titles, obviously, that we make exceptions for. And this was one that he was championing. So he bought the game, and then I tried it, and he never actually got a chance to play it until probably like six months after, because I played it nonstop for almost six months. And the game you can do so much in fallout games it's an incredible world and interesting setting to explore it's like a a post-apocalyptic nuclear world obviously that's why they have the fallout shelters and you come out of the fallout shelter and i think most of the games and there's so many different branching choices and places you can take the story so it's too much yeah it's it's a big undertaking but you should definitely check it out I mean, you know how I am with, like, you tried to get me to play Mass Effect, and that was too much, and that's not even as much as far as I understand it. So it's, you know, it's like, it throw it on the pile of Skyrim and other games that are definitively, like, phenomenon, like, cultural touchstone level of, of games, and they're, they're too much for me. I can't handle it. I also remember when it first, I was first deciding whether or not I was going to be a Fallout person, what annoyed me perhaps unreasonably and if people are going to jump down my throat when i when i say this and that's fine you, you have this whole thing right the co- the way the combat works in fallout is you do this like zoomy anything and you decide what to aim at and it's all taking place in like stop time are you familiar with what, what i'm talking about i don't yeah, know what it's, it's called there's system. probably a term that's what i, I knew there's a term for it it bugged me that was it i was i was like okay it's a post-apocalyptic game where you're like trying to make your way in a world that's going to be violent you're going to have encounters with people so it, it could be a shooter and like i like shooters and then they were like well but you can use this targeting system to like make mathematical choices about and i was like why would you know uh so that annoyed me you could um, definitely i think you could get through the game without really ever using that system so if you did want to play it as a pure shooter you definitely could i think that mostly it just gives you percentages and increases your likelihood that you're going to hit or have do critical damage. I'm trying to remember because I played it a if while I, ago. If I wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons, I would go play Dungeons and Dragons, which I don't, by the way. And to me, that's what you just talked about percentages and critical hits and stuff. And like, again, I know I'm annoying a lot of people saying this. I'll hear about it on Twitter. I can't wait. At OWLegal86, hit me up. Tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> but what what I want to know. So 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 this show is coming out. You know, that that's apparently it already has a... And, this article I have from GameSpot says series commitment, and I don't know if that's the British version of series, which is a season uh, in American terminology, but either way, it has some kind of commitment behind it. It has people from Westworld, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy working on it. It's 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 going to be a thing. And what I want to know, if with you having played the game, and granted, I'm not sure if you played all the games, but I have a hard time believing that games like Skyrim and Fallout, like, T- tell me a little bit about the plot trappings of this like if you had to build a tv show around the plot that you experienced with fallout what would it be because my understanding both with again with skyrim and with fallout is people don't play it for the plot they play it to run around and do whatever they want to and then occasionally they might happen to work through the main story 
So I'm just I'm not sure how strong it is. There's an overarching storyline. So basically, at least Fallout 4, and that's the only one, like I said, that I played. But you come out of the vault and your son is missing. So you're basically on a quest to find your son. And along the way, you can decide if you want to side with different factions and make alliances. You can pick and choose which side missions you want to do. Obviously, those are like stat boosters. So then when you move to the the more main story missions, you'll have a better chance of succeeding, obviously, like in any game. Um, But there is definitely an overarching plot. The thing that I think will be difficult is that based on the decisions that you make, it's kind of one of those games where your decisions propagate into which ending that you'll get. And there are several different endings that you might receive. And so if they decide to follow a story from the game faithfully, it'll be interesting to see which choices they pick, because then that'll kind of almost kind of not dictate, but like kind of suggest which choices were supposed to be canon and then make everyone else feel like crap if you kind of went off the beaten path and did your own thing and got a different ending i wonder though if they're not going to just do something completely different where they're just going to use the setting and the basic premise like hey you're in a fallout world here's a completely brand new story but i mean they're one of the strongest points for me in all of the fallout games are some of the characters that you meet and the companions that you can have in the game and i think that's that and Mass Effect are probably the two biggest character-driven games for me. And part of the reason why I like both of the, those games so much are the relationships between the characters that you form. So I think if they lean heavily on the characters and they build likable characters in the Fallout world, I kind of hope that they just come up with a brand new story so that you don't feel like you're missing anything because you didn't play the game. And I think with the Westworld people behind this, I think that's a really good fit. I feel like it kind of falls into that Westworld vibe. Not that I've really seen Westworld, but... And Jonathan Nolan has worked on Westworld, but he's also... You may also know him for Dark Knight. He works... Nolan, he's Christopher Nolan's brother. So he's... Jonathan Nolan's worked as a writer on The Dark Knight, The Prestige, Interstellar, which which gets me more interested. Um, But, you know, with, with the writing in mind, I would agree with you that i think and again this is me not knowing much about the story of the games but i would guess they're they're grabbing hold of this for the setting and the general premise and maybe getting some side characters involved but the elevator pitch for this probably was as simple as look at the successful game franchise that has created a very rich world let's go live in that on television and someone was some smart person was like yes you know like like to me my point of comparison and we're, we're living in an interesting time where we talked about the last of us tv the tv show based on that game is going to be coming to hbo at some point and that's they don't make tv shows out of video games guys at least as far as i know and and both of those projects are still in their early stages we don't know much of anything about either of them but the last of us is going to be a different animal in that this there's it's not a huge world to explore i mean it, it's it's an interesting setting an interesting premise same as fallout but the last of us is about the narrative and it is it is the story so i can't imagine them separating that story from the ip i i, I suppose it's possible but i think it's less likely than with fallout where i think like you said they might just you know some people might come out of a bomb shelter and then they might bomb around much in a way that like firefly did you know firefly was the the plot of firefly was they're on a ship in space and they get into adventures you know sometimes a sci-fi that's all, that's all you need so like i said we don't know much more about this yet other than that amazon is, is in charge of it and i will say the fact that behind it. amazon is in charge of it that also makes me feel really good and not to make a blanket statement but so far there really hasn't been an amazon original that i've walked away from and thought wow this was a p- 
pile of garbage, you know, like they all have at least good production value, whether or not I really am driving with the show genre. I usually end up thinking they're pretty decent. Um, I don't know if you've had experience with Amazon originals where you feel any certain way about them, but I, I am excited yeah. about that. So I, I think I, I had to have talked about it back in the spring. I think I watched this back in February was the show called Undone, which I definitely mentioned on the podcast. Oh, you're right. Yeah. And that, that was an Amazon original. And that was the one that was, it was rotoscoped. Everything was animated and the production values were amazing. And it, the story was good. And it was this, it was this show that I think even now people are listening to me talk about it and saying, I don't know what that is because people don't know. I, Amazon shows, I think, I would agree. I think for the most part, they're very good. And they, in most cases, fail to get traction. I mean, you have the Marvelous Miss Maisel and you have Fleabag and stuff, but I think you have others that are flying under the radar this undone show being one of them and there's you know, jack ryan too that's pretty big right jack ryan i that that is one i feel fairly milk toast about it is i watched three episodes maybe you know my policy i think my policy is i gave a show three episodes and i think that show got three episodes and it certainly wasn't bad but like it didn't i don't know jack ryan was tough because it's also like listen guys when you when you're in a relationship with a person uh, I don't know. Maybe this isn't true for you, Nerd Bomber, but for me, it's true. Is you watch the same television, so yeah, my girlfriend ain't going near Jack Ryan. I know that about her. <laughs> I love that about her. But it's like I have a hard time finding time to watch shows on my own. First of all, and so, and Jack Ryan wasn't of the high quality that I would need to like carve out time to like go into a room by myself and watch watch television. I um, definitely feel that. Th- I mean, so I don't that's know. How- it's, it's, that one's hard for me to say anything about. Th- there's usually a week or so when Tectic travels and I have the TV all to myself. And that is when I like binge super hard all of the shows that he won't watch with me. I'm like, I'll get no sleep because I'm just glued to my couch trying to catch up on all of the TV that I've missed that he won't right. want to watch. <laughs> right. It is interesting, right? Like we, we, and now we're kind of digressing, but like we revolve around streaming entertainment for the most part. But like if you live with another person, you gotta there's certain things that like i know there are certain shows that i would probably love that i've i've missed for that reason and that's fine but it's just an interesting thing to think about i guess either way fallout will not be remotely below the fold it's going to be trumpeted from the rooftops everyone's going to know about it it's not going to be a show that falls through the cracks you know but i'm curious you know whenever we we cover stuff like this like when we cover the last of us being a tv show when we cover video game movies you know I always think about, man, you know, if someone can finally crack this code, you know, and, and arguably they cracked it with Sonic, but like if someone can crack this code of like, we can't make screen entertainment out of video games, there's just so, there's a wealth of, of great IP. And, and maybe that's what these studios are realizing. I mean, now you're seeing HBO and Amazon getting into the game of let's make content out of video games that people love because there's so much there. And I, mean, I, I, I always I don't think know. about... Were we talking about this a few weeks ago? I don't remember. But like video games now, not that they're replacing books, but in terms of storytelling, like they're a brand new untapped medium. And before, like, yeah, you used to play Frogger or whatever, and there wasn't really a story behind it. But now we have these sweeping, amazing stories. And I would even argue like going into a game like Spider-Man, I think i enjoyed the story experience of spider-man on the playstation 4 and you're gonna not like this but better than spider-man 3 with toby mcguire like i had to put those two experiences side by side take it it back so bad i I think i understand what you're saying which is and and i should note there are games like and games that are phenomena like you could not make a movie out of animal crossing from everything i know about animal crossing like we've seen 
Well, and, and, and we've seen companies and granted, I can't think, I can't call to mind an example, but like with board games, they've done like, remember when they made the battleship movie? Like, oh, I think yeah, there are some, bad. there are some production companies and some people in Hollywood who will see a big name and latch onto it and might think like they made, they have made angry birds movies, which granted, I don't know how they did that. And I don't think they were altogether unsuccessful, but I like, think those were actually relatively successful. Cause I think, so if, a game like Animal Crossing, if you want to make a movie, I think you'd have to go the Pokemon route. And I think that's what Angry Birds did, where they basically took the characters, but then actually gave them a personality and a story that you don't find in the game. They basically made stuff up. And that's like, to me, that's why they struggle as a medium is, is that I don't want that. Like as a video gamer, I have played so many games that have had super, like you said, it's it's a narrative. It's a unique form of narrative that's just getting more and more powerful. And I've played through so many stories that... I want to see that. And granted, thank God Uncharted is happening because I'm super excited for that. But there are so many games like that, that it's like, why has this not been able to make the jump? So I would love to see Fallout work. I'd love to see Last of Us work. I'd love to see Uncharted work. And I'd love to see more of Hollywood say, okay, this, you know, and and I'm thinking of more examples now of like Assassin's Creed. I was a disaster. I I turned it off a certain way through. And Assassin's Creed has a great story. And they just lost their way. So I think the problem so far has been that a lot of the adaptations of games, rather, have been in movie form. And it's very difficult when you take this sweeping 20-hour experience of a story. And obviously, yes, there's combat and a lot of filler in there. But you still can't really condense a 20-hour experience down into an hour and a half and make you feel the same way that you do about the characters in that story as if you spent like weeks with them. And so I think TV and these streaming services are kind of the way to go. So I'm really invested in this and hopes that I hope that it pays off because I think this is the right way to do it. I think having more than an hour and a half with the characters and the setting and the story and kind of letting you sit with it in these chunks of time. Because like when you play a game, you probably play in like an hour, two hours or like sessions and then you have time to kind of let it sit and marinate and reflect. And with right. a TV show you kind of get that same chunked out experience. So I'm really hoping that the TV route is really the thing that'll drive game adaptations home. And I, I think you're right about that. And, and I, I think with Assassin's Creed specifically, that puts a strong finger on what went wrong with that. Cause that movie was trying desperately to squeeze in a lot of stuff and failing at almost every turn. So I, you know, if, if Assassin's Creed had been a television show, I can't promise it would have been better, but it, it, there's a good chance that it would have been because the movie was not good. So uh, it's, yeah, there's no release date for this yet. Uh, it seems like it's still a ways out. Uh, Fallout I'm talking about, but I'm sure we'll be hearing more about it. Uh, and it's, it's very exciting for people like us uh, who are into video games and television and movies. So be on the lookout for that. Next up in our news cycle, I mentioned that WB Interactive may have a buyer and uh, it's a big boy. It's a big boy. It's Microsoft. So wb interactive they did all the arkham games i actually don't know you know my exposure to them is arkham well so wb montreal i'm reading now is currently working on a new batman project so well so other other things that are that are coming up apparently they own harry potter which i did not know i don't know how that works harry potter's involved mortal kombat is also involved i'm just kind of reading down the list here mortal kombat's potentially involved it's not it's not known but i don't understand how i'm having a hard time wrapping my head around microsoft being able to buy a developer i i, I guess what i mean is i have a hard time separating the console creator <laughs> and a company as big as microsoft i mean i guess microsoft that they work on halo right or is halo bungie 
Or is Halo, uh, Halo now is three four three industries. I mean, Microsoft does have a lot of in house game developing studios. Like they have the the coalition, which works on Gears, and three four three, which did, works on Halo. And I, they bought and a bunch they do, of studios recently. Didn't they do Crackdown as well? I'm yeah. trying to think of what games Microsoft has done. What what gives them the clout to come in and? I mean, say, in the last year, Microsoft has been scooping up a lot of various game studios. Like, I know they bought Obsidian. Like, they've been scooping up game developers a lot, actually, in the last, like, year or so. The interesting thing... So, like, obviously, they probably see this as their answer to Spider-Man from Sony. Right. The thing that I'm unclear on is how that works with licensing. Because just because you buy the developer from WB, does that mean that you automatically get those WB licenses? Yeah, and that's a great question. I should note, too... Activision and Take Two are also potential buyers for WB Interactive. Xbox is kind of headlining the list right now. But oh, and also EA. So apparently, what's what has happened is the parent company of Warner Brothers Interactive, which is AT and T, is looking into potentially selling the video game development arm of Warner Brothers, and a lot of people are interested. Is is what we're now seeing? And yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I think your theory that Microsoft is looking to create a Spider-Man killer is a good one. And that's an interesting. What's interesting and what would kill me and I'm thinking about it now, is that I played Arkham Knight on the PS4. It wasn't an, uh, an Xbox exclusive. If they take Batman Xbox exclusive, that's going to hurt. It's going to hurt me. So one um, of the things that I've noticed is, so when Microsoft bought Obsidian, they had the Outer Worlds already in production. And e- even though they bought the developer, when the game came out, they honored the fact that they had already worked on putting it on all of the different consoles. So that game is available on the PlayStation and the Switch. And I want to say maybe PC. I'm not completely sure about PC as well as Xbox. So what I would assume is that any games probably that are already in the works and that have already had effort put into making sure they play across all different consoles, I'm assuming that should Microsoft buy them, they'll probably still be available to play on the PlayStation. The thing is, though, like moving forward, I would assume that any new game would probably be an exclusive because that's honestly, that's the part right. that's hurting Xbox right now. That's why and, they buy it. I would exactly. assume to yeah try and win that fight and Um, like it's interesting because spider-man kind of made sense for being an exclusive because sony owns that ip which still boggles my mind but sony does they own spider-man um right and so it would be interesting because it's not like batman is an integral part or really it would be any kind of dc game any wb license if it if it works out in the way that they get access to all of those licenses when they buy the developer it's not really like that's not a Microsoft owned property. So it would be crazy for WB to want that restricted to just one console as well, because then that kind of limits their profit because they would get royalties off of any game with their characters. So sure, that, but if, they're, if they're looking to sell, they might not have much choice. I mean, they, they, they might be sitting there hoping right now that EA or Activision comes to call with more money than Microsoft has, because I think you're absolutely right that that would limit them a lot to be limited to being exclusive to one console. And, and we should talk about a couple things. One, uh, I want to mention for the for the benefit of our Patreon producer, Microsoft also recently purchased Double Fine, uh, which I know Ben is a Double Fine guy. I remember that from one of our conversations with him. Uh, so Microsoft is scooping up all these developers. And one of the uh, developers that, one of the studios that kind of falls under the umbrella of WB Interactive is Avalanche. And... Um, you may remember we talked about this a, a while back, I think, on a, on a show. The Harry Potter RPG that was rumored, mm-hmm. that was slash is Avalanche. That would be huge. 
I, I mean, if that was a console exclusive, that would be a big deal. So there's a lot of pretty intense IP in play here, provided they wanted to, like like you said, the goal is to take it and make it console exclusive, you know. Honestly, that, the Harry Potter RPG, if that, like, I know J.K. Rowling is doing some crazy stuff and probably just should have her Twitter taken away so she can stop that's, putting her foot in her mouth. Um, that's a whole episode's worth of content yeah. right there, but, but go on. <laughs> but, like, regardless, I think... At this point, Harry Potter is kind of its own animal. And if there was an RPG in that world, I would totally buy a console just to play it. That's so stupid of me to say. But like the same it's reason so when we saw Miles Morales in that PlayStation 5 reveal event, like I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to buy this console. If there was a Harry Potter exclusive on Xbox, like that would move consoles. Like you wouldn't believe. I, and, and we've been talking about this for a while is... Again, when we talked about the game initially being rumored, is just imagine the possibility. There, there, there is so much possibility and so much untapped possibility with that IP that to think it could be a console exclusive that would be, I think, for a lot of people, a game changer. Um, Did you ever play any of the Harry Potter games that were on the older consoles? Like, yeah, I was wondering if you were going to ask. I've I've played on PC. I think it might have been the first one, the Sorcerer's Stone, but it was on PC. This was like, oh, man. I don't even know when. Two thousand early two thousands it would have had to have been. Um Dude, those games it was were great. so like it was great. chonky geometry shapes, like the characters oh, yeah. look like giant boxes, but it was so much fun. And that you basically just replayed the stories in the books and the movies. Like it was not anything original at all. So to have an original adventure in that world, like my like you'd have to right. hold me back. I would buy it in an instant. I mean, it it's, would be it's an IP. It's desperately need of an upgrade. And I, I think has Lego done that one too? I would imagine they have. Yeah, they have. But that doesn't really count, in, in my opinion. It doesn't really count, especially relative to what we're what we're talking about here, which is a full scale RPG. So you don't technically like RPGs, and not to get like too down the no. rabbit hole and away from the main topic, but would you play a Harry Potter RPG even though you don't really like RPGs to begin with? Boy, that would depend on many factors. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I've, I, I think I've come a long way with the RPG thing. And what you were talking about before we got to this segment, uh, when we were talking about Fallout, was the fact that one thing RPGs tend to introduce are these branching storylines, right? That give you give you potential for different endings and i've dabbled in that prey had that Prey's a great game by the way prey dabbled in that uh dishonored famously uh dabbled in that and granted that's a lot less rpg and just more changing story but i've also i've warmed up more to to skill i mean spider-man has skill trees the last of us has skill trees a lot of my favorite games have some some skill tree mechanic i think the tricky thing for me there's a couple tricky things one of the things that turned me off with mass effect was this whole personality give yourself personality points and like become a, a paragon or a, what was the other one paragon or shoot can't think of it renegade that's what it is renegade. Yeah, renegade. And that turned me off and also like anytime there's a game that requires inventory management to pass a certain point you i get me. that yeah so inventory it, management i struggle with because i end up spending more time in inventory management than almost anything else like i'm still kind of slogging through greedfall a little bit because i get bogged down in freaking inventory management which is so and, dumb and, it's not even that and there are the ways game. well and there are like a lot of games that i love and again last of us is one of them dead space is another one like they find ways to there are inventory mechanics and there's limited management but it's it 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 retains a certain small scale that like games like the witcher games like 
even Red Dead Redemption was sort of struggle for me there is like they don't you can pick up anything and then it just like it turns into this mountain of crap that you have to sift through and that turns me off so like there's certain things it depends on their definition of rpg is my answer to your question which i know is a crappy answer but it's there's a lot that could be done it could be a pick up anything inventory heavy inventory management kind of thing it could be you give yourself a personality you know you become a death eater you become i don't know a member of dumbledore's army something like that you know at the very least like picking what house you get sorted into there's going to be a lot of choice there right mm-hmm. but I think there would, would there could be a way for them to limit that that would keep me interested. It's a matter of, of who they're looking to get. And I think that I think the RPG audience, I don't feel like I'm a member of that audience, so I feel like I probably would not be the target of a Harry Potter game. But who knows? We haven't heard a peep about that since it was first rumored and we saw some very grainy footage if I remember correctly. With I full think destructible environments looked awesome. But I heard that, that it's still being worked on and that we should hopefully know something more soon. I would hope so. But we, we, we have we have digressed a little bit. Uh, Microsoft buying WB Interactive and potentially taking things console exclusive. Are you happy? Are you unhappy? We want to hear from you on Twitter uh, and on just social media in general. Uh, we do have an Instagram, right? Yes, we do. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> making that up. Uh, at Online Warriors Podcast, I believe is what the Instagram is. Yep. Um, and we're on Twitter. I've already mentioned my own handle, at OWLegal86. We have at OWNerdBomber here with me today and of course our main account at online warriors one you can head over there and tweet at us tell me i suck for not liking fallout etc so right now we're going to take a short break but first we're going to shout out our fantastic patreon producer mr ben Chuckness, who i mentioned in this past segment as well ben supports us on patreon at the night level which is the highest of our three levels and as a result he gets uh the producer shout out that he's getting right now on every show he gets input into our weekly game segment i got an, i got one cooked up for later on that, that you'll hear about uh, and he also gets access to our monthly secret segment and vlog. And he also gets an occasional guest spot on the show. So you want to be like Ben. Ben wants you to be like Ben. Ben's been a huge supporter of the show for a while. I think he enjoys his time with us and, and getting back to the show. So uh, if you're interested in that, you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more details. We also have a, a Squire tier, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and a page tier, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. So Again, patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. We would love, 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 love your support. We love doing this uh, and every little bit helps. So uh, thanks again to Ben and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm KC, host of the Sega Lounge, a show dedicated to all things Sega, be it the video games, the music or the community. Join me every week for a new interview. My guests include video game industry legends, VGM remixers and community standouts. You can catch every episode of the show at anchor.fm slash the Sega Lounge or search the Sega Lounge on your podcast service of choice. The Sega Lounge. Come on in and have a seat. Okay, we're back to talk about this Black Widow movie, which poor Scarlett Johansson, (laughs) waiting for her solo movie, waiting to get her shot, and she finally gets it. And it was supposed to come out April 24th. It was delayed until November of this year. Uh, We'll see if it gets that release date. Who knows at this point? But it has been announced, essentially. Empire Online had an exclusive interview with the director, Kate Shortland, discussing how this movie, potentially not much of a surprise, but it will be proverbially passing the baton uh, from Scarlett Johansson, who this will probably be her last time playing the character, to Florence Pugh's character. And I should have in front of me, uh, her name is Yelena, I guess. 
this is a comic book character that probably exists in the comics that i have no idea who it is they're sisters in some respect is my understanding based on what the director is saying florence Pugh is going to have a big role in the next phase of marvel and this is just the beginning of that so my exposure to florence Pugh is really uh single faceted I mean, in fact i should make sure she hasn't been anything else i've seen but i know her for uh midsummer which boy that is a strange movie if you haven't seen that movie i know it got really good reviews not for me uh not my kind of not my cup of tea i guess is what i'll say uh, she's also in little women which did very well uh fighting with my family was was actually a surprise hit so she's on the up and up is, is the point um so this is this is a sensible move uh but it's gonna be hard to see scarlett johansson go i think yeah i think she was a very in my opinion underutilized player in the avengers movies like i thought they could have done so much more with her character than what they used her for and i am glad that she's finally getting her own solo movie though it's kind of retroactive now but i i do think florence Pugh is a really good choice i was super impressed with her in fighting with my family i'm not a big wrestling fan i don't really know a whole lot about wrestling and she got me really invested in wrestling and to the point where I actually like looked up the the person in real life that she was playing because it was based off a true story after that I think we saw her in we saw Midsummer, and I'm not a big scary movie person so I didn't really appreciate that but I've also heard really good things about Little Women and so I think this could be a really interesting choice and I do like the fact that she's she has a few movies under her belt, so obviously she has some experience, but she's also kind of not unknown, unknown but like yeah, she's newer to the scene. And I, I kind of right. like that. I'm, I'm in the camp where we should be finding these new talents, especially for something huge like Marvel. It kind of feels like a waste. And I love Natalie Portman, don't get me wrong. But like it feels kind of weird for Natalie Portman, who is this mega star, to basically be stepping in to right. the role as Thor just because she's Natalie Portman. Like it's going to be weird for me to separate her fr- from Natalie Portman and basically everything else that she's ever done. And I, I agree. I think this is a good move. I like this choice. So I did, while you were talking, uh, I promise I was listening, but I did some research, multitasking. Yelena Belova is the name of this character. And in fact, when you do a quick Google, she is the second modern Black Widow after Natasha Romanoff. So this is... It seems to be following closely uh, what uh, canon, essentially. So she's poised to be the next Black Widow. So she's not she's not going to be some different character. She's going to be the next Black Widow. And to me, Black Widow has always been an interesting character because I agree that I think she was uh, underutilized, if only because she didn't get her own solo movie. I also have a difficult time with... And I, I complained about this in Justice League, I know that for a fact, is that Batman has no superpowers, right? Batman is a guy who's surrounded by Aquaman and Wonder Woman and all these superhuman, you know, uh, Atlanteans and Amazonians and women and all that. Black Widow is really good at shooting people, and she's a master of martial arts and has all these cool gadgets, et cetera, et cetera. I've always struggled with her because she doesn't... <sighs> it's hard for me to put her next to Thor and Hulk and all of them, and and and... Scarlett Johansson does her damnedest to, to, to sell that. But I'm curious in this next phase, both because of, of the new face and the fresh blood. And I agree that going young is a good choice there. Going young and, and relatively unknown. S- seeing her in a, in a new new phase and as a new actress, I think they have an opportunity to undo some of the mistakes that they made the first time. And now I'm speaking mostly to the fact that she was underutilized. 
Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if they if they do that. It sounds like based on what the director is saying here, they are going to do that and that they're going to. They it sounds like she's going to play an integral part. Um, she could be part of the of the next slate of Avengers. But what's interesting at the same time you have to remember is that Black Widow is a prequel essentially to things we've already seen. Obviously, of course, because Black Widow is still alive when the movie's happening. Marvel has an interesting job in this next phase, especially with characters like this who are being introduced. Is they're going to have to answer where was she, you know? And and this has been true of of past movies, you know. Um, during Civil War, there were people missing. During during all of Infinity War, Hawkeye was missing, you know. And and they they found ways to essentially retcon those people in. And it's going to be interesting to see how they do that with with Florence Pugh. Um, I think well this might turn into like an origin story and I feel like then she'll be kind of introduced at a later date as especially as we see the fallout of you know Nat being gone I think somehow someone will reach out to her in a future movie and then she'll take on the mantle I would like to see her being used more in the uh the planning side because and I could be totally off base and I'm going to try to step in and fill in some of the comic book knowledge that Tectic usually brings but one of the yeah, things we're missing that, him right now, <laughs> as you said, one of the things that's always kind of stood out is the fact that, you know, both Black Widow and Hawkeye, they're not superheroes. They are very skilled, but they're well, Haw- very Hawkeye much has in- super aim, though. Hawkeye has super aim. But in the comics, a- I think he was just a normal dude. And the thing that was interesting about them in the comics was that I believe Hawkeye was a super hacker in addition to being good aim and natasha was also like a very cunning spy and i really would like to see them lean on like that spy smarts and the that very right that skill of planning because i think that's kind of what they tried to have natasha be as the later avengers movies kind of played up her character a little bit they showed her more in the planning stages and becoming like a voice of reason and i would like to see that side of the new black widow a little bit more instead of just trying to believe that she's out here being able to kick ass with all of these superheroes see that's so interesting i always thought and and maybe i don't know if they said it at one point or if they didn't but i always thought based on the mcu interpretation that hawkeye literally had super aim like he literally could not miss like that was a thing right some kind of superhuman power but you wikipedia him in no uncertain terms does it say clint barton has no superhuman powers he's just he has, as at quote unquote, the very peak of human conditioning. He's an expert fencer, acrobat, marksman. So yeah, same exact situation as Black Widow. Like I would like it's, to see the because I'm assuming they're going to replace him too. So I would like to see the new Hawkeye and the new Black Widow kind of be like a tandem team where they use their smarts and their cunning and their strategy to kind of right. get There's, in on the same level as some of these superheroes who just go in like I can smash stuff with my hammer. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and they're and they're super spies, right? So that 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 should be part of their of their whole thing and and we've seen that you know with i mentioned batman in the justice league but i'm sure if tactic were here he would tell me you know batman has this thing where he is the world's greatest detective right so he has plans to if one of the justice league members gets out of control he has plans to defeat every single one of them you know laid out so it's i think you're right i think i think the mental aspect of it is is very important especially as you're seeing these you know super geniuses like tony stark and bruce banner fade into the background they're going to need uh they need planners at the helm because really the new avengers are just going to be a bunch of young people kind of cobbled together i mean obviously we see spider-man is very young and needs a lot of guidance i think i still feel like i don't know enough about captain marvel to really 
understand how she's going to fit in if she's going to fit in i believe she's going to be part of the new avengers core obviously but like how is she she just going to be like the captain america inspirational leader or is she going to have the the know-how and plans in place i feel like and i hope that because they're not superheroes the new black widow and hawkeye will end up filling that role i really hope so because so otherwise, I, I, like you said, it is you have to suspend disbelief then that these characters who play such a big part in the movies, like how are they possibly keeping up with a literal god of yeah, thunder? How is that exactly. working? And in even you know, I remember in the endgame promos, I couldn't help but laugh because you see all these characters doing all these insane things and then they, they have to put a clip of Black Widow in, so they show her shooting at a target on a shooting range, and it's like, Okay, I get it, she's hitting the bullseye every time essentially, but like it's it's a different it's a different thing so it is gonna be interesting i hope they fill that kind of role i think you i don't think falcon who is now becoming captain america can be written off i mean captain america was the at the very least he was the battlefield the leader he would say you do this you do that you know i'm not sure if falcon would or can do the same thing so it is gonna be interesting and you know i'll tell you one thing i bet florence Pugh knows the answers to a lot of these questions um someone somewhere does kevin Faggy, you know um so yeah, this movie is coming out November 6th uh, in the US, at least that's what it's slated for at the, for the at the time of this recording. So be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for Florence Pugh, a star on the rise. And that brings us to the end of, of our new segment. So now we can do a, a two-person What Are You Up To Wednesday and uh, ladies first. All right. So last week there was an episode of the Hugo's Their podcast that I believe I talked about where I was on there talking about ancillary justice. So I actually as of today, finished the remaining two books in the trilogy. And I can definitively say that I did like the second two books, Ancillary Mercy and Ancillary Sword, but they were much more narrow in scope. And I was left with a lot of questions at the end. Like I didn't not like them, to be clear. But I think the Ancillary Justice, the first book, definitely... Too, too open-ended or... it So... In the ancillary justice, basically you have the ship AI who there's ancillaries where basically human bodies that have been slaved to the main AI of a ship. So like a single ship can have hundreds of different human bodies out there to do its various tasks and like monitor and they all interact and communicate and are all part of one brain. So then this one, the ship gets destroyed and this one ancillary is out in the world than having a specific vengeance plan. And the first book kind of follows what it means to be AI and just has a bunch of like flashbacks and present day and kind of lays out this huge scope of this giant empire in space and basically lays out like what would happen if humans were actually one of the more dominant races and took over a lot of intergalactic space and colonized. And so it started out with this really sweeping world and a promise of this giant galaxy and empire to explore and then the second and third book really shows one small part of that galaxy and you get very focused in on one specific planet and it's just kind of confusing because the first book kind of promised this giant space epic and then the second and third book kind of focus in on a specific small little part of the empire that the first book set up and it, you like just, the author might have daunted his him or herself <laughs> with the kinda, scope of their first book and then like they had it to it feels that way for sure and like it's not a bad thing but 
I feel like there were a lot of questions and things posed in the first book that just don't get resolved by the end of the trilogy. And I kind of was left wanting more. Like, obviously, the immediate conflict in the trilogy in the second and third books, they get resolved. But you still like you're left with, oh, there's a lot of overarching conflict. And I don't know what happens here. And I want to know what happens here. And I feel like there's more that I should know about this world that you built. And it's a very interesting world. But like, why did you narrow it in so much? It's a very good books. Don't get me wrong. Really enjoyed my time with them. Just a little disappointed how the scope drastically narrowed. Right. Well, good to know. Anything to add? to your to your week or is that the the I mean, that, strokes? that's the most of it just having to take a lot of things in the house a technic normally does like I'm, I'm not a very good cook so i've been cooking a lot which has been interesting so i have to ask kind of segueing into my update have you watched hamilton yet no we haven't because it, it's pretty fabulous we're doing the the projector thing but we don't get wi-fi out there i see it so i uh, at least a little bit was a person who you know i haven't seen hamilton i even listened to the soundtrack before watching it and when i see a phenomenon that a- attains the level of success and fame that hamilton did my initial gut reaction based on my pessimism or something is skepticism i i don't, I don't want to say i went into watching hamilton not believing i would like it but i was i was skeptical that i would like it as much as everyone said it's amazing i've it's really, really good. Like it's, it's everything it's cracked up to be. It's super unique. It's super fun. It's super well made. It's the the music is incredible. So that was one thing. I I mentioned the Green Mile. I mentioned uh, I'm still playing The Last of Us. I think at some point, uh, almost done with that. But the one thing I wanted to shout out before we get into the game, Netflix remade, or rebooted, I should say, uh, Unsolved Mysteries, uh, oh, which I've is this show a lot about that. This this show was on from, I, I looked at it earlier today, I don't know if I can remember exactly, the late 80s to like 2010 is when this show was on, and it was this show, it had Robert Stack was this narrator, and they would, he would talk about basically cold cases that were unsolved, and then in later seasons, people, they would show that people had called the tip line and solved cases that had previously been unsolved, it was super cool. Um, and Netflix has brought it back, one of the producers is uh, one of the Levy brothers from Stranger Things, and it's it's a six, this it's a very lean six episode season and each episode is like 45 minutes long and it's basically documentary style detailing a cold case that has some set of mysterious circumstances and it wound up going unsolved and here's the evidence we have and you know and it's it's compelling i mean it's i will say it's (laughs) i should have known this going into watching it it's frustrating not getting resolution to some of these things i will also say some of the cases are more unsolved than others there are some that i watched and i was like okay it definitely was that guy who did it they just can't prove it if you like true crime you'll love it uh, it's I very well was done. reading this article saying that some of the the crimes actually have been getting like very credible new tips that are kind of opening some of the cases back up ever since the show me. came out. I actually I looked up today. You wouldn't necessarily think, um, and this is, this is in reference to the 1987 to 2010, whatever it was on the, the actual initial run of the show. They got they solved 34 percent of the cases that were documented on that show from new tips. Which is like, to me, an unheard of number. Like, they should keep making that show forever if that is the result of that show, is that these cases get solved, you know? Um, so it would be really cool for some of these cases. There, granted, there's one episode that's about UFOs that there's no solving that, I think. But like, there are, everything else is just a clean cut. Someone got killed, basically. Um, and, and then circumstances surrounding it are mysterious. And I, I think there's a lot of potential uh, for for solves to come about as a result of, of more people seeing it you know um 
so yeah i would recommend that it's it's cool it's very short quick watch um and it's it's pretty engaging right now though uh we're going to talk about movie robots uh that was the quiz topic selected by our patreon producer for today's episode and given that we are usually pitting two people against each other uh i'm going to do this a little bit differently okay so movie robots i had to go a little bit i had to dig deep and i had to figure out a way to both mention obscure robots and find a common theme amongst all of them because there's a lot of different cyborgs androids everything so what i have in front of me is a list of 11 movie robots that are all uh acronyms okay and i'll get into that as, as i go through these but we're we're doing uh the lie detector here some of these i have added myself and it is your job to determine whether it's it's true or false and if for people out there who need to know whether you win or lose i'll say if you get six or more correct you win if you get less than that correct you lose uh okay. so let, let's let, let's dive in here um, with uh, starting off coming in hot satan that's s-a-t-a-n synthetic all-terrain armored nexus i think this one is real i don't know what it's from but i'm pretty sure this one's real okay feather in my cap that is fake uh, so really? I, I got you right off the bat i had a lot of fun coming up with these i'm just as i as i do more of the ones that i've made up uh i was hoping i would fool you with just one of them so I'm, I'm, i've already attained my goal um so let's 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 move on so far zero points but hey you know it, it's early yet uh let's go with omega organism for making educated guesses slash assumptions boy I want to say this one's real too. Now I'm scared because you're you're apparently very good at making up fake robots. I am two for two. It is fake. Wow. I made this up. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself right now. This is the I I, I this is they're like really yet, convincing acronyms. This is the best I've ever done on this. Um, okay, you're zero for two. Uh, let's let's roll on here, um, with uh, chomps at C H O M P S canine home protection system so the hom are from home this has to be fake nerd bomber this is real <laughs> this is from the movie chomps That's which a movie? was a 1979 american comic science fiction family film uh produced by hannah barber productions uh which you may know from your days of watching boomerang yeah canine home okay. protection system. i think i'm in my own head i gotta uh, it's i a, gotta shake it out it's a it's a robotic dog so let, let's let's keep moving. You're you're over three, but there again, there's there's still time. And let's move on to Vincent. Uh, and Vincent stands for Vital Information Necessary Centralized. I think this one is real. This one is real. This is this is from the Black Hole, also 1979. It's a space opera film produced by Walt Disney Productions. Guys, there have been a lot like of I've science fiction movies that are under the radar. Um, this had Ernest Borgnine, Anthony Perkins from Psycho. If you're familiar with that movie uh slim pickens who i believe was in the shining uh i'm pretty sure i saw this i want to say so my dad had this phase where he watched a lot of like mystery science theater and then after that started like getting into some random sci-fi movies and i'm pretty sure i saw this one because i like distinctly remember vincent okay well the good news here is that you are on the board uh you have a point and there are still seven to go so you're doing okay Let's go with Eliza. And this stands for Epsilon Lambda Industrial Zealot Advanced. This one is definitely real. I just don't know which one it's from. It's from some movie. I just don't know. Nerd Bomber, it's fake. I, I, I thought that one was going to squeak by it because I, I couldn't come up with a good Z. So I used Zealot. But uh, 
There is definitely... I gotcha. Hmm. There's definitely a robot that's named, like, Eliza, but I don't... No, I'm thinking of um, a biology machine. <laughs> E-L-I-S-A. That could Pretty be Pretty close. It. Pretty close. Um, Isn't that, like, a DNA machine or something? I you're you're beyond my all I'm good at is coming up with fake robot names. I don't know anything else. <laughs> let's let's move on to Daryl. It's D A R Y L. Data analyzing robot youth life form. I think this one has to be fake. <laughs> this one is real. Man, Why I'm am really I so getting, bad at this. <laughs> I'm really getting your goat today. This is from the 1985 science fiction film of the same name. Daryl. Uh, I've never heard of that before. In, in artificial intelligence created by a government government company called Tazcom. I don't know what that stands for, but the moral of the story is, Nerd Bomber, you're in trouble here. In order to quote unquote win, you have to get the their final five of these correct. Uh, okay, so I can do this. No, I feel like pressure. I've been flopping on all of these quizzes lately. It's okay. I can do this. Uh, let's go with Cybertronic Humanoid Run in Situ. Chris. Uh, this is real. I don't know what it's from, but it's real. It's fake. No. <laughs> it's fake. And 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 so it ends. Uh, we we can go through the the rest of these four, but I'm I've never been uh, as proud of myself as I as <laughs> proud of as I'm am proud of myself in this moment. So thank you for that. Um, let's keep it going though with uh, Ralph, and this is not spelled the way you would think. It's R A L F, robotic assistant labor facilitator. This one I think is real. This one is real. This is from Flight of the Navigator which is a 1986 American science fiction adventure film. Yeah, I don't have any further details on it in front of me. I just know that this is a this a is robot a robot on a, on a on a ship. Yeah. Um okay, moving right along. Uh I mean you got you got two, right? Uh you know, could be worse. Um let's go with Amos. A M O S. Automated machine on stilts. This one's pretty pretty simple. I think this one's fake. Yeah, okay, you finally got me. That was the only one that you that you didn't buy. The, the stilts part probably gave it away. I couldn't. That yeah, was a the, weak one. The, the stilts um, was like, I don't think I've ever seen a robot on stilts, you know? I don't know if a robot would need stilts. Well, okay. So you're up to three. Um, we got two more to finish out here. Uh, let's go with Saint. Strategic, artificially intelligent, nuclear transport. I'm going to say this one's real. This one is real. Uh, these are actually military robots that are featured in the, I think, popular Short Circuit and Short Circuit 2. These were movies in the late 80s. That yeah, I think these actually these had Steve Gutenberg, Ali Sheedy. These had like real people in them. This is like a these are like real movies. Um, I haven't seen them, but in any case, uh, Saint is is real. So to finish things off, let's go with Rotor. R O T O R. What does that stand for? Oh right, I have to tell you that part, don't I? Um, Robotic officer of the Tactical Operations Research Reserve. I'm gonna say this one's not real. I feel like you made this one up this one is real and i thought you were gonna i thought i was gonna give it away by i couldn't find where the actual acronym was to read it this is from the movie rotor um which is also apparently known as blue steel and rotor police force uh so rotor is an experimental police robot uh the, and i will say i wish i could show everyone listening the poster for this movie because it is really something else um it's like if terminator was wearing a motorcycle jacket and granted, I suppose Terminator is wearing a motorcycle jacket for a lot of Terminator, but it's like it's like a robot wearing a motorcycle jacket, basically. Uh, oh wow, he's like even standing on a broken motorcycle in flames. Yeah. This is the, this and, is legit. And the tagline at the top left is 
just says judge jury and executioner <laughs> this, this looks like a good one um so there you have it so uh you finished out with a solid four points Ugh. uh you didn't win that's <laughs> that's the, that's the conclusion um, i feel like this basically tells us that you should be writing scripts about robots or that have robot acronyms in them and if you're not you're wasting your talents because you came up with some pretty good ones i feel uh supremely validated in my creative abilities uh so i thank you for that i feel like i've won um so next week uh well next week i won't be here first of all uh i will take the quiz mantle and i will try to do it justice the two-person quiz make sure you lie detector the crap out of tactics um (laughs) So yeah, next week I will be away, but we will have another two-person episode uh, helmed by Nerd Bomber and Tactic. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Um, in the meantime, we thank you for joining us. Um, if you liked what you listened to, you can head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. We always look at those. And yeah, we, we, we thank you for showing up. Again, we're on Twitter, at OWU86, at OW Nerd Bomber. And hey, if you want to wish Tactic well for not being here, you at OW Tactic. And our main account, at Online Warriors one go, go check us out. Yeah, we'll be back next week. Not me, but the other two. And uh, I'll, I'll talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. So have a great, great day. Have a good one.